Happy Independence Day, 4th of July, to all my fellow Americans. And today I'm going to share with you my presidential platform in 12 points. And I have a very important announcement at the end, so I hope you'll stay with us all through the 12 points. And then I'll make a very important statement. Now, America is at a crossroads. We are seeing the destruction of natural law. What it is to be married, what it is to be a man or a woman, what it is to be human, all of that is on its way out. And unfortunately, the GOP, the Republican Party, is very much moving left in that direction. If you watch the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, we mainly talk about philosophy, theology, history, and we do talk about politics. I'm alarmed. I am not happy with who the Republicans have put up, not just for president, but for federal offices, state offices, and local offices. We're seeing an erosion in morality. I'm going to name names. You see it in Trump. Yes, Trump's done some good things. We have the overturn of Roe v. Wade. But if you look at topics like marriage, there's a drift to the left. And so I've been talking about my presidential platform, and we're going to look at it today. I'm going to share it with you in 12 points. Let's get right into it. Number one, a consistent position on abortion and the sanctity of human life from conception to birth. The key to this is not debating over trimesters, months, days. It's the debate over what is a human. This is a scientific, philosophical, and yes, religious discussion, and that's okay. We must define what a human is, and we need a leader who will push on that topic. It's not about rights per se. It's not about trimesters. It's about what is human. Now, that leads into presidential platform number two, and that is legally define matrimony as one man, one woman, until death do us part, period. No-fault divorce should be overturned and returned to how it was prior to California adopting the no-fault divorce policy in 1969. You may say, Taylor Marshall, this is impossible. Well, this is how it was until 1969 all across. These are new ideas that need to be overturned. If you're truly conservative, you need to conserve these principles. Any presidential candidate, any candidate for any office who is willing to bend and twist the definition of matrimony needs to be sent out. This is part of what I'm going to talk about at the end. What I'm going to talk about at the end is more philosophical, more big picture. It's going to fire you up. Number three in my presidential campaign. Pornography must be banned and blocked. And you may say, that's impossible. 
President Taylor Marshall. Japan has a policy. We have the technology to do it. And yet, for some reason, pornography is not regulated, not blocked, not banned. We know that exposure to pornography raises divorce rates, raises abuse rates, raises molestation rates, raises every negative rate, depression rates, drug use rates. And yet, we do nothing about it. It's really encouraging, I'm going to talk about this a little bit, to see the human sex trafficking efforts to stop that. But part of that needs to be the banning and the blocking of the horrible epidemic, pandemic of pornography. Japan is doing it. We can do it. Number four, federal agencies should not be spending their time monitoring traditional Catholic parishes or pro-lifers. Federal agencies that are number one top priority in the United States of America should be ending human trafficking at our borders and within our states. That's the number one. We should be ending that. We should be policing that. We should 10x our efforts and our budgets on that instead of wasting time policing upstanding citizens. Number five. As president, I would move for the federal recognition of Sunday as a holy day for Christians. 52 Sundays a year would be federally recognized as a holy day for Christians. And then I would also move for the recognition of 10 more federally recognized holy days for Christians. And these 10 federal days would be three days at Christmas. Christians would have a federal holiday for December 24th, Christmas Eve, December 25th, Christmas, and December 26th, St. Stephen's Day. The additional seven days would be the four-day four weekend for Easter, Good Friday, is a holy day, Easter Monday, a holy day. So that's actually, sorry, two extra days because Saturday and Sunday are already off. And then these additional days recognized as holy days for Christians. January 1st, the octave of Christmas, also known as the circumcision or Mary, mother of God. January 6th, the epiphany of Christ. August 15th, the assumption of Mary. November 1st, the Feast of All Saints, and December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. These would be federally recognized holy days for Christians under my presidency. Number six, foreign platform. By the way, if you're enjoying this video, we're now about halfway there. Give it a thumbs up. Like it. Share it all over Facebook and Twitter. Let's keep people watching it and thinking about these points. And make sure you subscribe to get more here at the Dr. Taylor Marshall Podcast. All right, number six, foreign platform. Instead of just thinking of our foreign alliances 
as based on war, violence, and economics. I would add that the primary alliances between nations would be moral alliances. So we would form moral alliances with those nations who promote family, tradition, the recognition of property, and Christian values. For example, nations like Poland, nations like Hungary, would be our primary moral alliances with diplomatic relationships. Because you see, there's a battle in globalism to gobble up everything. So just as in our personal lives, we need to stand with those who have the same beliefs and convictions, same also on the global scale. We need to look out and see who are the nations who are aligned with us on these principles. Related to this sixth point on my foreign platform, we would also put a priority on protecting Christians in foreign lands who are under persecution. For example, the bishops and the clergy in China. We would give much more attention to that. Also, for example, the martyred priests and bishops in Nigeria. We would televise this, expose it, and assist those people. This is all part of our alliance with like-minded nations. My presidential platform point number seven would be to address the horrible situation in America as it regards usury. We see this with college students. We see this in the inner cities with payday loans. We see this with credit card rates, young people having to go into bankruptcy. It is unjust. It is wrong. And so there would be a banning on useless institutions like payday car loans, and then also restrictions on the amount of rates that can be charged for silly things like credit cards. Presidential campaign number eight. As president, I would introduce President Viktor Orban's policy for the family in Hungary. Just as earlier I mentioned we need to end pornography, and people will say that's impossible. Japan's working on it. Just as we want to look at family policy, people will say that's impossible. Hungary's doing it. I suggest that we simply copy and paste what Hungary is doing in their country, and then we sow and then reap the benefits that Hungary is experiencing right now. So what's going on in Viktor Orban's Hungary? Here are some of the just examples of the pro-family policies that are being promoted and legalized in Hungary. For example, newly married couples receive together an allowance per month for 24 months after marriage to promote matrimony. Another one is a family housing benefit can be required by married couples for used or newly built houses and apartments based on various rates of having one, two, three, or four or more children. A maternity benefit is equal in Hungary to 225% of the minimal pension at the time of the birth. 
So they are promoting not just marriage, not just making things economically advantageous for marriage, but also for the conception and the nurture of children. See, they're putting a priority on family and new life, new citizens. Now, you might say to me, well, that's unfair. You can't. In America, we do it all the time. Right now, there are all kinds of federal benefits for all kinds of people. Last month was June. Go walk around the nation's capital or any capital or any mall or any stadium and ask yourself, are people being federally and socially benefited because of their identity? The answer is heck yeah. So why not provide social and economic benefits for what matters most? Family, life, which by the way, benefits society in the short term and in the long term. Other uh, advantages in Victor Orban's Hungary, parents of one child have two extra paid vacation days. Parents of two children get four and so on. And then this is an interesting policy that Hungary's promoted. I'll, I'll just make this the last one. There's many more. But there's a special policy for grandmothers and for their involvement in the life of their children. You see, instead of the government federally subsidizing something like daycare, where children are at danger and at risk emotionally, physically, sexually, etc., Hungary's saying, you know what, let's equip those in subsidiarity closest to that child, the maternal grandmother and her presence in that baby's life. That's good. That's wholesome. You see, in Hungary, they're thinking about these things. In America, we're not even, we're not even there yet. We'll throw around food stamps and government housing, and all that, but we're not thinking about how we can actually supercharge the family and create an environment for infants and small children to thrive. This would be a major part of my presidential campaign. My presidential campaign platform point number nine is school choice. Incentives for school choice. Parents, not counties, not states, and not the federal government, should be those who elect and choose the form and the nature of the education for their children. If you're a Catholic, your children should be educated in a Catholic way, with your Catholic values, your Catholic beliefs. That's how Catholics, how Christians, and I use that as, as the same way, have believed for 2,000 years. The idea that you're going to pay money to a third-party entity that is then going to teach your children to disbelieve and reject what you are teaching them, and then what you are paying for is absolutely ludicrous. And this is why Catholics should move for, and I as president would move for, radical school choice. So that the tax money you pay into the school system either equips you to be a better homeschooler, equips you for the parochial system, for charter schools, or whatever we can make available. My presidential campaign, 
point number 10. There are 12, so we're getting there. No forced medical treatments, which would include injections for children to go to school, for employment, or for military service. And that would extend to any other experimental pharmaceutical that would be introduced. People have a right over their own bodies. And you cannot punish them economically or educationally by making these rules that we've been experiencing over the last several years. Point number 11 in my presidential platform for the campaign, no elective surgeries, no tattoos, no alcohol, no cigarettes for minors under 18. Now, my main concern here are the surgeries because we know what's being debated in all 50 states right now. I don't have to be specific because you know what we're talking about here. But that also has to include other elements like tattoos or alcohol. We have to, as a society, accept that those under 18 cannot make life-altering decisions regarding substances or permanent changes to their bodies. And then finally, number 12, as president of the United States of America, I would move for a formal consecration of the United States of America, led by bishops, hopefully cardinals, hopefully a pope, a public consecration of the United States to Christ the King, which is why I name this platform and these 12 points as the Christ the King platform. And of course, there's many other things as president I would do. I would begin each day in the White House with scripture reading, public prayer, the recitation of the Our Father, of course, the attending of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, praying rosary, would be part of who I am as a president because that's part of who I am as an American. There is no separation of church and state in me or in you. It's not like over here is the American and over here is the Catholic. And there's no line, there's not even a dotted line anywhere in me of Catholic and American. I'm an American citizen. I'm a Catholic. I can't separate that out. I can't come to you as JFK did and say, Catholicism will not guide my policy decisions because I am a Catholic. I would never apologize for that. I would never hide my crucifix. I would never hide my rosary beads because that is who Taylor Marshall is. And as a president, that is, God willing and by his grace, who I would choose to be by his grace. Now, you stayed with me for the 12 points. I hope that you agree with them. If you do agree with them, leave a comment. If you disagree with any of these 12 leave a comment. Before I get to my final point, I'm going to quickly review the 12 points in case some of you came in 
late. Number one, a consistent position on abortion and sanctity of life from conception till birth. Number two, definition of matrimony between one man and one woman until death do us part. That's it. Number three, the banning and blocking of pornography. Number four, the federal agency's top priority in the ending of trafficking and child exploitation at our borders and within our states. Number five, the federal recognition of Sunday as a holy day for Christians and the additional federal recognition, recognition of December 24th, 25th, 26th, Good Friday, Easter Monday, January 1st, January 6th, the Epiphany of Christ, August 15th, the Assumption of Mary, November 1st, the Feast of All Saints, and December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Number six, to have a foreign platform that has moral alliances with conservative, pro-family, pro-Christian nations. Number seven, the banning and regulation of usurious institutions and practices. Number eight, the adoption of the family policies, copy and paste from Victor Orban's Hungary, right here into the United States of America. Number nine, school choice. Number 10, no forced medical treatments, pharmaceuticals, or injections for children for school, for employment, or for military service. Number 11, no life-altering decisions for minors under 18, which includes surgeries and any other public damage and the use of alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. And number 12, the public consecration of the United States of America to Christ the King. Now, this is a lot to ask for. I imagine some of you out there are watching and you're saying, this is absolutely impossible. I like it, but it's impossible. And I want to turn the pages of history. And I want you to look, for example, at the Roman Empire. Yes, Constantine had a battle. Allegedly, he saw a cross in the sky. In this sign, you shall conquer. 313. Council of Nicaea, 325, it took at least about 100 years for that Roman society, with the conversion of Constantine, whatever you believe about it, for the Roman Empire to become, to begin to become Christian, for the seeds of Christendom to sprout and put out leaves. Look at other places. In history, among the Gothic tribes, the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths, centuries. But Christendom did take root. America, we've been going here since, well, Independence Day today, 4th of July, 1776. Yes, it has Protestant roots, Freemasonic roots. There's been a lot of great Catholic influence on this nation, but it's not a Catholic nation. It's going to take time. If you've read my book, Infiltration, the major premise is the free thinkers, the atheists, the anti-Catholics, the Freemasons, they took a long shot. They said, you know, it's going to take us at least 100 years to infiltrate the Catholic Church, to get high offices. But they were patient. They were goal-driven. And as I've developed this platform, as I've spoken to leaders about how do we achieve these goals, how do we put in place this Taylor Marshall, the Marshall Plan 
of 12 presidential points. And there's so many other points, too, that we can include. I mean, I, I probably originally started off with 30, and I had to squeeze it down into these 12. Can it be done in six months to get me on the stage, to get me on ballots, to get me into debates, And as we consulted and as we discussed, the answer is no, <laughs> it's not possible. It's not possible at this point in 2023. Now, it is possible to run third party, but the third party is going to fizzle out. Ultimately, we need to infiltrate in a positive way the Republican Party. That is the means. We need a reconquista. I was just in Spain. And I was reminded when I was in Spain that the Muslims took over a big part of Spain in 711. And it wasn't until 1492 that the Catholics finally reconquered all of Spain and put it under Catholic rule. And that, by the way, is what gave them the power and the money to fund Christopher Columbus. 711. A.D. 711 until 1492. They waged a war for seven centuries to reclaim Spain for the Catholic faith. As I was in Spain, we were on a pilgrimage, rosary pilgrimage. It was beautiful. Latin Mass. Father Dave Nix was there. Father John Razo was just beautiful. Lots of beautiful, wonderful, faith-filled pilgrims. But as we went from Fatima and Spain and Lourdes and Paris, you're just moving through this countryside, especially in Spain, where they fought long and hard. Not six months, but over six centuries. So, as I've consulted with experts, people, we've studied the timeline for the primaries, for the ballots, the requirements, the legal requirements, the funding requirements, and we've determined that at this state in 2023, it would be factually impossible to achieve. And just like in just war theory, you must have a possible positive outcome in order to pursue the battle. And at this point, I don't think, we don't think, many don't think, that this is possible. Now, I've had so many people supporting, signing up for their emails, so many people trying to give me money for campaign finance. I've refused 100% of all donations. I'm not taking, taking anything up until this point. And I've realized that ultimately, if we're going to do this, we have to do what the infiltrators did in the early 1800s. We need a long-term plan, a 100-year plan, and then it can't just be Dr. Taylor Marshall running for president. What we need is to form a larger, bigger, expansive movement that focuses, yes, on the presidency, but also on the Senate, on the House, on the state, on the local offices. We have to equip this Christ the King platform that I set before you today, that has to become a movement. 
And it has to be a reconquista, a reconquering of the Republican Party that is trending left, a Republican Party that is no longer interested in preserving and defining human life or preserving and defining matrimony or preserving the dignity of education for children where they go to school and they see all manner of immoral behavior and teaching that is contrary to what their parents espouse and believe and are trying to, to plant inside the little souls of their children. The second reason that I'm not running for president this year in 2024, we are looking at 2028, but we need a lot more people running for office. The second reason is, although I've received massive amounts of support, and I mean massive, I really didn't expect this. I've also realized as I've worked with Catholic leaders and political leaders, you know, if you have a, a black American, African-American run for office, you know, 80% of that community just galvanizes and gets behind that candidate. Or you could say Hispanics, they galvanize and get behind their Hispanic candidates. Mormons, if there's a Mormon candidate for office, those Mormons come out and like, that is our guy. Jews, same thing. Muslims, same things. Evangelicals, yes, they're like, that's the evangelical candidate. Let's get behind him and push, 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 push. The Catholic community is very divided, very broken. You can stand in a room and you can say, there's Taylor Marshall, uh, there's James Martin, there's Joe Biden, there's Archbishop Gomez, they're all Catholic. And yet there's this massive fragility, massive fracturing in that room regarding beliefs, politics, morality. Right now, I mean, I'm talking about running as a Catholic president. Right now, we have a Catholic president in Joe Biden. And look how many Catholics came out and voted for him as the practicing devout Catholic. Even the Pope, right, it, encouraging him to continue to go to communion and that he's a Catholic in good standing. And so one of the challenges that I, you know, as we're looking at this and like, let's move on a Catholic Christ the King platform in the next five to six months, one of the biggest challenges is galvanizing that Catholic base. I think it's possible. It's not possible in three months. But I think if I'm talking about this and hundreds of other candidates are talking about it, I do think it's possible. Just not in the three to six month cycle that we need to get on debate stages and to get on ballots in the states. So where does that leave us as Catholics in the public square? Catholics are called to the public square. As I said, I cannot separate in myself the church and the state. I'm an American, I'm a Catholic, and there is no dotted line anywhere in me or anywhere on my soul that divides those two realities. So here is my commitment to you to continue to pursue these policies, 
to work with, endorse, and bring up candidates. I think the goal here is not a third party in the Republican Party to infiltrate and reconquer the Republican Party for a Christ the King platform. Also, my goal is to pray live rosaries with you here for America as we move into the election. My goal is to build relationships with strong Catholics who will pursue local, state, and federal offices and to excite and to fan the flames of a movement that will put Christ as king. And my goal is to challenge, I would even say to threaten the Republican Party to move to a consistent pro-life, pro-marriage, pro-family, pro-God position. That's the only way forward in this culture war. That's the only way forward in conservative politics. If you say you're conservative, but you're not conserving human life, family, matrimony, and God, well, then you're just, you're just conserving profits or something else. That's not enough fuel to bring you to where God wants us all to be. Thanks for watching. And I think we should pray in our Father and a Hail Mary before we close up. Oremos. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Cedri, Sanctificetur Nomen Tuum, Advenia Regnum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Cielo et in Terra. Panam Nostrum Quotidianum da Nobis Odiae, et dimite Nobis Debita Nostra, Sicut et Nos Dimitimus Debitoribus Nostris, et ne Nos Inducas in Tentationem, Se Libera Nosa Malo. Amen. Thanks for watching. Remember, until next time, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.